This is Abraham Jacob Herndon, captain from Pancho Villa's Army in El Paso, Texas. You are listening to Via Podcast. Amigos de Pancho Villa's Army, aquí su sargento de regreso. I'm back again with another podcast. I do have my special co-host guest, El Coronel. Hey, how you guys doing? Buenas tardes a todos. Coronel, Coronel, and I also have Captain of El Paso, um, Abraham. Abraham, how's it going? Muy buenas tardes. This is Abraham, your capitán in El Paso, Texas. Um, arriba El Paso y arriba Ciudad Juárez, Chihuahua. Saludos a todos. Again, just want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, this is definitely another edition of our Pancho Villa's or Villa's podcast. Continue to share, like, um, and just encouraging or supporting us uh, as we start this project. So, just like, again, our mission is to get to know as many members, and you guys get to know our members as well. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and do a quick little interview here with our captain of El Paso. Um, I, Abraham, you know, I had the opportunity to meet you several times. You actually had a, a small little stay here in Arizona. You know, you come visit quite often, too, because El Paso is really not that far of a drive, if you think about it. Tell me a little bit about, just to do a quick introduction about uh, who you are. Okay, so good afternoon. I'm Abraham Herndon. Um, I'm the captain here in El Paso. I've been following the uh, Mexicana since I was a kid, born in 1986. As we all know, 1986, the host was in uh, Mexico. Historic World Cup. For Mexico, the infamous goal from Jorge Negrete, Mira Tijera, in El Azteca, La Mano de Dios, de Maradona, El Paso. We're border town. We're border to Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua. So the culture here, man, is Mexican people are here. Uh, 75, 80% of the population in El Paso are Mexican or from Mexican descent. Like I said, we, we follow soccer here. It's a, it's a religion out here in El Paso. And yes, I've, I've met you, Azi and Coronel. El Paso is only six hours away from Arizona driving. It's actually closer to drive to Phoenix, Arizona, two states, than to drive to Dallas, San Antonio, or Houston, so I'm, I like my I like making my way out there to Arizona. But yeah, I love Arizona. Yeah, you know what? That's crazy, dude. You must drive it without any stops, without avo avoiding speed. You know, even thinking about speed limits, it takes me like seven hours. So you uh, you got me beat, dude. I'm I'm a slow driver, I guess. Coronel, how long does it take you to go to El Paso? I don't drive at all. I hate driving. I'm originally from LA. I spent my entire life in a car. If if I could take a subway or, or a bike to work, I totally would. You know what? We took a trip out for a watch party out of El Paso. I don't know. Fonzo drove. I, I fell asleep. I was drinking on the way. <laughs> it seemed like it seemed like three days to me, but you know, two hours is very very long for me. But again. Yeah, from, from what I hear, El Paso is very, very close to, to Phoenix. We, we get another glimpse of the, the life of El Coronel. He has a chauffeur now. Es que el Coronel es fresa, se presea. Es fresa, no maneja, no hace nada más acá. It's my, my, here, my driver's actually was suspended, bro. I, I obey the laws. What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. 
Well, um, yeah, such a short drive, bro. I'm glad that um, you know, we've had several, uh, you know, several opportunities to to meet up. But how did you, you know, get connected with Pancho Villa's army? I'm the first generation Mexican American. My mom, Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua. My grandma, uh, Torreon, Coahuila. My grandpa, Milango. Had brothers, older brothers. Chihuahua. I'm the only one born in the United States, and I lived in Chihuahua, Chihuahua, all five. We crossed over, and we, we just did the culture. You have, whether it be a friendly game, a World Cup game, or World Cup soccer game, it was always a party. The family got together. We did a cookout. We wore our shirts. I wanted to instill those memories and those values over to my kids. We would go to bars. We would go to places, watch the Mexico game, and I would see that the American outlaws had a bigger presence in El Paso than any uh, Mexican uh, national team game. So I'm like, man, we got to do something about it. In 2015, so we got online. We started looking up Borras and maybe we could be uh, start something or be part of something. And sure enough, a bunch of the U.S. Army popped up and we reached out. I remember I had a 30, 45-minute conversation with El Coronel and we were all aboard. 2015, we're in 2019. We have our ups and downs, but without Pancholia, the group in itself, I wouldn't be able to say that. I traveled to watch Mexico games with people that have the same passion. On your previous podcast, I know you mentioned that you think you're a super fan, but when you travel with Pancho Villa's army, you see other super fans as yourself, and you just join together, and it's just a, a, a beautiful thing. So that's exactly why we joined, and I'm glad to be a part of this. Wow, man. Hey, uh, Coronel, do you remember that conversation you had with... Uh... With Abraham? Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 he was right. It was about a 30, 40-minute conversation, followed up by a DNA test, followed up by uh, he had to give up his firstborn. No, absolutely. I, I do remember. I do remember standing out in front of my yard and, and having that conversation. And we're both so passionate about something which is, we had in common, which is a selection. And, you know, we started talking about, you know, where we came from and, and uh, you know, how we who we grew up watching and idolizing. And do you remember this game? I love this. Oh, my God, this happened. Da, da, da. That's crazy, man. That was like, you know, that was a 2015, you said? That's crazy where time flies. I don't think I've had as much travel since I joined PBA to watch that selection than I have since I joined PBA. For some reason, you're just inspired, right, to, to make it make it out to those those games, to, to take that extra time off or just to save up for that, whatever, whatever your situation is. You're motivated now because it's, before it was just like maybe you and a friend, you and a few people, but now you just have this, you know, big army behind you where you can just go and you know you're going to have a good time, you know, and, and it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, like you said, with your family, you know, it's time to get together, but now you have other people around you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before I joined TVA, uh, we took a road trip to Phoenix to watch Mexico-USA. You know, it was actually my first game to watch La Selección. Funny thing is, our first game with TVA or as TVA members was Copa America 2016, Uruguay versus Mexico. And being part of TVA, the, the atmosphere, atmosphere just changed. I, I met you, I met a coronel, I met Serge. But it's a party. We have people that are super fans or, or battalions from each city, El Paso, Houston, Dallas, LA, whatever it may be, coming together and making an atmosphere of its own. Like I mentioned, not stress us that, oh my God, so far away. No, we, we get in there, we jump, we chant, we yell, we scream. We're, we make the atmosphere happen in country as armies get, allows us or gives us that platform to, to express that. Yeah, and did you ever picture how, you know, you said the American Outlaws, you, you met them before, you saw that they had something going on. How did you feel at that point when you finally just made a, a big event, to, you know, with PVA? Did you feel like, okay, now we got something going. Now we have a, a Borras going to rival the Outlaws and, of course, you know, su surpass the Outlaws. What, what, is your, what were your thoughts about that? 
You know what? It really surprised me um, knowing that El Paso is a very heavy uh, Mexican uh, population. It surprised me how how uh, the American outlets were were heavy in El Paso or, or the amount of uh, members they had. So I felt like I had to do something. And um, of course, I mean, all you gotta do is is get one person or get a group of people that really love something. And prior to making Contreras uh, Army as a battalion, I knew I know Nico uh, and his wife are big, big Mexico and Contreras Army fans. They're actually the, the the couple that travels the most to all the games, but we actually gave it a home. And um, little by little, we see the people coming in. We we know people are are looking for an outlet as Contreras Army. And, and uh, our last couple of watch parties at 1810, shout out to uh, my friend uh, Alain Villen, the owner of 1810, for allowing us to, to have those watch parties and, and bring people together to, to make something that's great even better. So um, it's, it's, it's still, uh, I feel, even though we've been there for three or four years, still in its infancy, but I feel that with people here, um, we have a long way to go and, and be something special. Definitely, I want to give a shout out to Victor and Jessica. Those, that's a couple. Absolutely, a couple that they do a lot of traveling. And when I first met, I first met them in Dallas, and they came out to. They heard about PBA. They came out to a party. It was like, you know, we wanna. We heard about you guys. We kind of want to see what's going on because we travel to all the Mexico games, and you know, they just kind of do their own thing and they're on their own. But now, when they travel, they don't travel by themselves. They travel. You know, with everybody already knows them, you know, along with others from El Paso, Maida, your brother, Omar. I mean, just everybody uh, are just so passionate and just, you know, so welcoming. It's just, I mean, it's great. I mean, there's nowhere to go but up. And that's a beautiful, beautiful part about it. Now that I, I went to Dallas uh, for the Ecuador game, you know what I mean, uh -huh. with our group. And we came in, arms wide open. Randy was great. Uh, Houston, Tony was there. Um, Veronica from Arkansas. We have uh, people from L.A. And you go in where you left off to the, from the previous game. It's a, it's a celebration again. You know people, you hug them, and we're all in the same boat. We all want Mexico to win, but at the same time, we all have the same passion, and that's great. It doesn't matter the city. It doesn't matter the game. You go in, and it's, it's friends and family. So that, that's a beautiful part about it, I feel. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely. I mean, I'm glad you, um, you know, give that shout out to Victor and Jessica. Yeah, I remember them, you know, meeting them several times as well. I mean, they always uh, are with open, you know, with open arms, very friendly. I think that the time I remember bumping into them and also to you with you and your wife, it was, it was Mexico City. Uh, was a uh, yeah. was it was a wrestling match? I don't know if you remember that Abraham, but uh, I don't know. There was a po there was a point where I thought you were gonna jump onto the ring and go go up with uh, one of the mascarados, dude. But you you were having a good time, man. Do you remember anything from that day? Arriba los duros. No, I, I mean I remember I remember because of the videos that I saw on my phone the next day. But um, yeah, my wife was definitely a trooper there. Vanessa, shout out to her too, and. Man, Mexico City is another thing. Yeah, I get to experience uh, an actual luchador uh, match. And for, for those of you guys who don't know who are following us on the BS Podcast, Abraham <laughs> actually grabbed me in a headlock yeah. and tried to do a suplex off the top uh, top rope. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Era yeah. uno de dos, dos de tres caídas <laughs> en el tiempo y ganó Abraham. <laughs> yeah, ganó, ganó, ganó el rudo over a technical. Hey, hey, 
Is that true, me? Because this is the first time you're hearing this. Is that really true? Yeah, I have video, dude. I haven't posted it yet because, oh, um, you know, I don't want to get you in trouble. The the authorities will then be called and they'll be they'll be uh, you know charging you for child abuse. So no, I don't want to I don't want to put that on video. You know, I I, gotta, I have to admit something. Like actually, for those of you guys who haven't had a chance to watch uh, uh, Lucha Libre Math in person, it's it's a different experience. I mean, you know, the luchadores we all know it's entertainment, but they come and they start yelling. You start yelling at the luchador. And then they start then they start getting on you and they start yelling at you and you're like, Oh shoot, my bad. I, I didn't mean to like offend <laughs> yeah. you. I mean, you know, it's all a good fun, but you kind of, you know, you, you know, those dudes are big, bro. They yeah. sense, uh, you know, they, they strike a little bit of fear in you. Yeah, they're, and, uh, they're, you know, they're, I've been, I've been to matches, I've been to matches where there's little, you know, there's uh, older yehitas that are in there yelling and they're, yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, hijo de tu madre, and they're, you know, they're getting into it too, and and I'm like, man, this lady's not scared. Why should I? Why am I scared? But but, <laughs> no, I mean, for those of you guys having the chance you know, to, uh, to witness. It's it's great. You know how intense you know how intense uh, the Mexico City the Luchador match was. Wow, that was bringing me back, taking me back. But I'm not sure if you guys remember my friend Gil Gilberto from Phoenix and and uh and uh, Mexico City. He was so hyped up yelling at the luchadores. Security had to come and say, "Hey, you're being too rowdy." <laughs> now, if, if, if you look back. For a security to come and tell you at a lucha match, where Vijitas are yelling at him, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you're 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 pretty hype at that point. I so, think, I think, yeah, yeah we had I a think great he time. actually broke the the one of the, the the bleachers, bro. I don't know if you remember that, but we one of broke them, we broke a whole roll, a whole roll of bleachers were knocked down, man. <laughs> and then you're, we try we try we, we try to put it back together, but we just moved to a different row because there's no way we can sit. You back are on. not wrong. You are not wrong. <laughs> They're throwing papers at him. They're they're screaming. <laughs> we were enjoying it. It was a good time. Sure. So, talk about travel travel adventures of uh, Abraham uh, in, in all his glory and his posse, man. That was some good time, man. So um, I'm glad you brought up the, you know, the whole, you know, going to um, San Antonio, the most recent match. I mean, getting to meet all the captains there and back where you left off. But I think a, a thing that, you know, we discussed in a previous podcast and, and that we have you on, I think it's um, only appropriate and I think, you know, we can get more more detail or uh, just more information about, you know, the, the TIFO that went up um, during the National Anthem, um, you know, the fact that, you know, the, the support group for the El Paso team allowed us to, to, to use that TIFO during that match and having somebody actually drive it down. And you mentioned it, right? It's not a short drive, right? How long is that driving in? It's at least nine ten hours nine, to get Dallas or San Antonio. Nine ten hours, man. So nine ten hours from there to there—that's that's dedication, that's time. But I mean, it's for—it definitely was for a, a big cause and for um, you know, something that we want to continue having conversations about. But tell us about you know what what what's your what's your what details do you know about the TIFO and, and how it led up to that? Well, so as you know, uh, El Paso was um, a victim of a of a heinous crime or a heinous racial crime. Uh, there was a, a mass shooting involved where uh, an individual from, I believe, Dallas or the Dallas area came, drove himself nine, ten hours just to um, come in and uh, murder people from El Paso. And um, as his uh, testament said, uh, he wanted to kill as many Mexican people as, as possible. So he chose one of the most highly trafficked Walmart in the El Paso area, not just citizens of El Paso, but Michigan citizens, as you know, as a border town, people cross over and out and, and, and purchase of, uh, you know, the commerce. Unfortunately, there's, uh, I believe, 22 individuals that passed away, um, a lot more injured, 
um, a tough situation for for the people for for the El Paso so strong. That's when it came up uh, came about. Um, shout out to El Paso Locomotives and the Eighth Notch Group, which is uh, the Porta for the locomotives. They came up with the people um, of the El Paso Strong and and showcased it during the locomotive games. And all credit to Sergio, our founder of CBA, reached out to the the founder of uh, Eighth Notch, um, just letting him know the situation. Hey, we're going to have a match in San Antonio, Mexico, Argentina. Is it okay if we we the people? And uh, we'll showcase it when the national anthem comes out and establishing the support that Pancho Villa's army has for the community of El Paso. I mean, uh, we, we rep Mexico, we, we rep um, the soccer events or the sport aspects of it, but at the same time, we are people, uh, we are the people that will be going to those games or, or um, coming up on, on those uh, venues. And Sergio um, was great to call them up. They said yes. If not said yes, we send those people over to San Antonio. It came out on uh, the national anthem and big testament for Crespo and Pancho Villagrami to show support to the El Paso community and whatnot. And El Paso is a big, small city. I'm involved in, a, in youth soccer. I have a friend from high school that uh, he's a, a coach. He was actually doing a uh, fundraiser outside of Walmart during that incident, and he was one of the victims. He actually got uh, uh, he got shot down and. Luckily, he survived. He's had several surgeries. Um, he's alive and well. Shout out to Luis Cavillo and the Cavillo family and the Fusion FC team. Unfortunately, his father was one of the victims that passed away during that incident. But um, but strong, um, you know, passed as a community and obviously this made national news and he being admitted into a, a, a bringing togetherness and at the national level. So that was a great, great, great gesture. Yeah, Rev, thanks, uh, thanks for sharing that story, man. I think it's one of those things that, you know, even though, you know, it's already been since August 1st and it's still a bit relevant, it still feels like it was yesterday, man. It just still feels so unreal that something like that would even happen, but let alone uh, in the city of El Paso, like you said, that is very, you know, very united, you know, very close community. Um, we've had the opportunity to be there several times as well. Um, and just thinking about that happening there, it just doesn't doesn't seem... Like it, you know, it just it doesn't seem real, you know. Uh, but more than anything, for you, that is just close to home, that you knew somebody there, you know. How did how did you when did you first find out that you know first of all that you knew somebody that you know was actually at the Walmart and was affected? I had a soccer game with with my little kiddos, and I had the whole team here. Um, we had a gathering in my house. Parents were here, the kids were here, and out of nowhere, social media. Hey, um, stay away from such. Um, it's right next door to the major mall, Paul Vista Mall. There's a Walmart right next door. My my mom actually works at Dillard's at Tel Vista. She calls me. They shut it down. I'm like, what's going on? I have no idea. Changed to CNN. So at this point, CNN, a national uh, news network, picked it up. So I'm like, okay, something serious going on. I just told mom to go back home. And she did. So social media was the number one thing. We are in shock. I mean, we hear about this. We read about this nationwide. Unfortunately, it happens more often than not. But to hit close home in a Mexican-American town, it's shocker. I mean, yes, I mean, most cities perfect, but at the same time, mass shootings does not happen elsewhere here, but unfortunately well, happens to be an outsider, not an El Paso. And so as the time went by, a couple of weeks later, or, oh, no, I'm sorry, a couple of days later, actually, uh, we found out one of the soccer coaches from the same league. I went to high school with this gentleman, and just because I know him doesn't discredit all the other victims. I mean, I'm sure there, there were seven Mexican nationals that had gone down. So not only El Paso, Mexican nationals 
that travel from Ciudad Juarez to Chihuahua and, and spend their hard-earned money in El Paso um, to contribute to our economy, they're looking too. So this is not only a local, regional, state, national, it's international at this point. So it's just something that we just got to move forward in. And El Paso is so strong that um, our actions after that situation will determine how strong we are and our, our city blows up to the occasion in, in a huge way. I mean, I'm telling you, we have George Lopez, Gabriel uh, Iglesias, all uh, the guys from American Olmos came down and visited the victims. So not only did uh, locally we came together to do it, but Mexican-Americans in the spotlight in the United States came together and supported the Mexican-Americans. And that was very, very special. Yeah, and that's one thing that we have that we share in common, right? We come together and we, you know, we have each other's back, man. We have that commonality, even though... Some of us were born in Mexico, were born here in the States. You know, my situation, I was born in Mexico, but grew up here in the States. It doesn't really matter. Um, this, Fortunately, you know, these type of events, you know, allow, reminds us that we're all one. That we're all one, you exactly. know, one, one culture, one people. We have, this, you know, the same roots. Um, it doesn't matter where you're from. And um, hopefully, you know, this stuff like this doesn't uh, doesn't continue to happen. But just also just remind us that, you know, we are we have each other's back, man. And we're one. And I, and I really appreciate it. And, you know, and you know what, Z? Also, as Mexican people, we're, we're very passionate. Not only Mexican, but Latino. If we hate somebody or we get in an argument, you know, family members get in fight all the time. But it, it, when situation happens and, and when shit hits the ground, that's when you know when, when who responds. To this. And it doesn't matter if politics aside. Um, USA, Mexico aside, um, locomotive, it doesn't matter what. We come together and everybody show up in a national, international, local, and regional level. And I'm, I'm sure, uh, and I'm glad that PBA was part of that as well. So, like you mentioned, you hit the nail right in the head with that. Abraham, um, so what is, I know that in Boston has always had like that small town feel. It's a big, it's actually a big city. Do you feel more of a unity now? Is there a little bit more compassion between those that live in El Paso, or do you do, do you sense a change? Let me ask you: Do you sense a change now within the community as before to these uh, these ter- terrible attacks? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm seeing people create fundraisers, go for me accounts. We sold shirts, El Paso Strong shirts, and contributed to the Carrillo family, and from every level, from your your local people like myself and my brother that did this, to your corporations, to everybody came together. If you turn around El Paso right now, you'll see from billboards to commercials to radio, it's not what happened, is how we move forward from that incident and how we react to that as a city. Right now, I feel that the community has been stronger than ever. And like I mentioned, it's not about USA, Mexico. It's not about uh, locomotives or bravos. It's not about Texas against the nation. It's the community and itself, and everybody came together in, in a big, big way, and we sense it all around. I, I do tell you this. It's a little eerie when um, I'm, after this incident, I'm walking by with my son or with my family. My wife, we're going to Walmart, and now we see a uh, armed uh, policeman. And nobody says why he's there, but we know why he's there. Yeah. And, and I mean, we feel safe, but it's just sad to know that that incident. It took that incident for that to happen. And we're we're good people, man. No, thank you, man. Thanks for sharing that. I know it, you know sometimes it could be difficult for some of us, especially when you know somebody so close. Uh, but I feel like you know it's one of those stories that we just have to continue you know speak, talking about for for years to come. Um, you know, unfortunately, like you said, it's going to be part of you know the El Paso culture or part of the El Paso, El Paso history. We you know take this opportunity to just come closer and, and more united than ever. 
and again, not not let that you know keep us from doing the things that we do, and actually encourage us to keep wanting to you know better ourselves, uh, wanting to do things to, to better the community. So thank you for sharing that, man. No, no worries, and uh, big shout out once again to Eight Notch from the Locomotives of Porra and search for for can get people from El Paso and Antonio and uh, showing support to the El Paso community. And if anybody still wants to help out or anything, I mean, uh, the Kenes or do you have any uh, places they can still go or just kind of, you know, there's, there's several um, organizations out there that are still active that are um, looking for support. Do you, do you have any information? Well, like that? in this forum or this platform, I would just share with people that could always go to Pancho Diaz Army and Paso Battalion in, uh, on Facebook or Instagram and the Eighth Notch or the El Paso Locomotive with which happens to be the USL soccer team here in El Paso. So if you guys are interested in helping out or wanting to get more information on how to assist um, in whichever way, El Paso PBA Battalion Facebook, Eight Notch, and um, the El Paso Locomotives as well. Okay, excellent, man. Thank you. Thank you. And again, um, you know, our prayers go out to the Calvillo family. Yeah, he's still not out of the hospital, but uh, I see his, I follow him. Um, we, I mean, we communicate on Facebook and I see him trucking all the time, so that's a good thing. Excellent, man. All right. Well, um, speaking of, you know, the, the USL team and, and, and going back to soccer, um, it's one of those things, it's one of those rare occasions that uh, we have three, you know, three people on the call um, and that share another common team, because I know the team we have, we share in common, the Passion Force La Selección Mexicana. But, you know, after that, it, it's rare that we come across. I mean, the last call we had, I mean, it was, of course, the Cowboys and you guys, of course, don't even go there. You guys are Cowboy fans. But the team that... Bring the Cowboys. Bring the Cowboys. <laughs> absolutely. Ay, ay, ay. The, team, know, the team that we do share in common in the passion for besides Mexico is the, the they, Chivas. Absolutely. No, this, this is a challenge for a lot of you, uh, those that are following us or listening to us. We've already reached out to several members that we definitely want to bring on uh, to get to share the stories and, and whatnot. We want to know who your teams are. But everyone that's stepping forward is put a cowboy. I mean, oh, okay, Cowboys, I Chivas, that's a challenge for all these other American fans or, or Giants fans or San Francisco 49ers, whoever, whoever it is, man. It's a challenge. Man. The Cowboys are representing strong. Chivas are representing strong. I want to know where I went after that. That's, are you, are you, that's my are, question. Are you done plugging your, your boys that supposedly is America's I'm, team? I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even know if that's even true. I mean, that, that was in the 90s maybe, but not no more. All right, let's talk about the Chivas, dude, because this cowboy talk is making me sick and I'm getting nauseated. Let's let's talk about uh, what's going on with our Chivas, boys. I mean, this is uh, not a good season for us. It doesn't look good. doesn't look like uh, like our best days are, are upon us right now. I've been following Chivas since Alberto Coyote, El Pilon Chavez, El Gustavo Napoles. Um, they beat Toros Nesta for the championship in 1996 and then took up Ferretti as a coach. Yeah, we had a slump. And from the late 90s to early 2000s, so we had Omar Bravo, Ramoncito Morales, Chicharito, El Bofo. I love Bofo. Nos dio el título contra Toluca, 2006. Um, el Venado, Medina, you know what I mean? Osvaldo Sanchez. So I feel right now we're on a huge slump, huge slump. Talking about player-wise and president-wise, Jorge Vergara and his son, Amaury. There's nothing good I can say about Chivas right now, but the Chivas de Corazón, dale rebaño, dale. Um, but I, I feel as as much as you are in the good times, you got to be there in the bad times. But when you're in the bad times, you have the voice to say and call out the wrongs or what's going on. And right now we're we're 14th in the table, nine games, 11 points. We're gonna play America in the Clásico. They're ranked fifth right now. I mean, experience. The so Mark Boy was to give me the 
the right coach for the job at this moment. Uh, La Volpe did a very, very short stint. I was very excited about that, but you know, controversy there. I honestly feel that Ayala is too prideful and he wants it his way. And Torito Peralta, they, they sold that to the public as El Pichaje del, del, de, la, de la temporada, right? But really, he's 35. How much can you really contribute? And you can tell by the numbers after nine games, what has he, he's really done? Um, we, we sell our players, we don't get anybody back. Been one yeah. bad decision after another, right? It's like you're constantly seeing these things. You're just like, man. I mean, can you guys get anything right right now? Because it's it's one after another. What did you think about Almeida? Do you think that was a good deal letting him go? Let's rewind back to his uh, track record. He gave us a championship game, Copa America, and the difference. I think a total was five uh, titles, whether they be Copa Moleros or whatever you want to call it. But he, <laughs> he made sure he win again, right? Yeah. And what two three years of this thing. They let him go, where are we at now? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that he was a big difference because we, we really don't have, because we're kind of limited, but everybody knows that, that Chivas, Juego, Solo, Mexico, Mexicano. We're limited to to who we can select or to bring on the team. Or all these other teams are bringing extranjeros or different parts of the country, I mean, from different parts of the world. We know that. So we, we can, we're kind of limited in, in, in our selection, so to speak. And I think with Almeida, I've heard a lot of the speeches like pre-game, during uh, halftime, uh, even after the game. And he's so like a Mexicano. Like, he was like, you guys have got it. You guys are playing out of Mexicano. Do it for the Mexican. And that's kind of what he was able to instill that. In. And we didn't have great resources when we won the last championship. We didn't really have any standouts. You know, it was a lot of his his motivation, uh, obviously a lot of his coaching that, that was able to get that was able to get us the, the championship, that had a lot to do with it. And as Dave has point, you know, we find somebody who, who is on the up and up, and what's the first thing we do? We offer them up and we sell them and move them on to Europe or you move them on to a different team, and they don't really get a chance to fully develop in Chivas or show what they can actually do in Chivas. And at that point, it hurts us. It hurts us at the club level. So Thomas Roy, I mean, you know, he's got a... Here's the problem with that I see with Tom. I don't think he's necessarily a bad coach. The problem is, the same thing with the Americana, it's starting to change a little bit, but for the longest time, we've had that merry-go-round of coaches where they coach one team, they're fired. Then they pick up on another team, they're fired. Then they go to another team. It's a merry-go-round of coaches. I mean, it's like nothing ever changes. But now you've got these up-and-coming coaches that have different ideas or different ways of, of playing. And that's what we need. We need different ideas. We need somebody to motivate because the players, I don't want to say they're top notch, but I mean, I think if you have the right motivator, the right mentality, the right game plan, you can actually make some noise in the league. You know, look at, and you don't want to compare different leagues, but look at Jurgen Klopp, what he's doing with uh, Liverpool. I mean, his intensity, his style of play. I mean, I followed Liverpool forever, and, and to see them go from just uh, a good team to right now one of the top teams in the world, it's all him. The way he can motivate you, the way the training regimen, the, the 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 physical, the fitness of the team, and I can see the difference. The, the players are prideful, and you know if they want you to do extra sprints or extra push-ups, do they really do it? Are they really really doing the actual workouts? Are they doing the actual training that they're supposed to be doing, or is it, are they just lackadaisical about it? Yeah. Um, I think I think the coach has a lot to do with that as well. No, it was definitely definitely down to leadership, whether it's down from the uh, the you know the executive offices even to the coach. 
you know, one of the things, and I think all, all, all three of us have this in common too, you know, we've been involved in some, some form or fashion when it comes to teams, whether, you know, coaching or assisting coaching. And one of the lessons I learned is that you want to, you know, you, as a, as a coach, you want to motivate and, and, and encourage these players to be not only good players, but also good people, right? To make good decisions, do the right thing, but more than anything, to a point where you don't you don't recruit you know they they the players come to you uh, the players want to want to want to play for you right they're like even to a point and this this talk about professional even to a point where uh, a player it, it will take a pay cut which sounds ridiculous but it's happened we had a few yeah. cases right yeah where they go dude i'd rather take a pay cut to play for your system because I believe in what you have going on. You have something special, right? So it all comes down to leadership is the way I interpret it, man. And I hope they get it right. I hope they, you know, you know, start to to change something because it's just going to, it's just going to be dark days for us, bro. You know what will make Chivas great or better again? What's that? What he did to Boca Jr. Ooh, in the Libertadores, that's what they don't want us over there anymore, bro. What is my No, no, in reality, I mean, to touch, to touch in uh, Colonel's point, yeah, the, we have more Mexicans abroad than ever before in history. Yeah. So, yes, that is going to limit Chivas being 100% Mexican players. But at the same time, we have to conserve or hold our the players that we do have or that we can get. For example, the young kid from, from Chile that went to, to Leon, Matias, yeah. why didn't we let him go? Can we get Jurgen Dam? Why can't we get Luis Montes? And Luis Montes from Leon, he's from Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Saludos a, 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 a Luis Montes. <laughs> the There's time, another plug right there. Another plug. <laughs> hey, last plug right here, too. Alejandro Sendejas, uh, born in Ciudad Juarez, raised in El Paso, went to the FC Dallas system, uh, played for the under-17, I believe, uh, U.S. team, came back to play for the under-20 in Mexico, and now he's a Chivas. We got to conserve. We got uh, the talent that's in Mexico, the pool right now, why can't we get uh, the view again down? I'm not saying he's the greatest or the best, but in the Liga MX, why not? We get yeah. a lot, uh, an elderly, not elderly, <laughs> but uh, aging so you're not you're not a, you're not a fan of uh, not a fan of Alan Pulido's uh, new rap song that was dedicated to him. You're not a fan of that either. I don't even know what that is. I haven't even seen that. That's, <laughs> dude, I saw yeah, I saw parts of it. I'm like, what is going on? I'm not even. Uh, I wouldn't even Google that. I saw. I mean, he, didn't he take a, a kidnapping years back too? Yeah, yeah. He was, supposedly he took on he took on the kidnapper's head on, and I'm like, dude, I don't know this guy. This guy is, you know, he's all about Normal himself, music. dude. Chivo tries to sell Pulido as the guy. He's not that guy. No, I really. Jota Jota Macias I, is definitely the, the the guy, but I also heard a lot of stories there think, where. They, they didn't. The players didn't like him. They thought he was a little too fresa, or he had, you know, he came from. From money, and uh, they just didn't like them. The players did not like the, you know, yep. but I'm just like, you know, what's got to be chemistry is always leadership again, dude. That leader's got to pick the right players that can play together, that, um, you know, know everybody's strengths and figure out the areas of weakness and fill those gaps. I think Ram's uh, solution is correct. I think you hit the nail right on the head. Bofo needs to come back. <laughs> Bofo is the answer. All right, dude. Bofo that's it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna post I'm gonna post my Bofo my Bofo jersey. <laughs> you know, ya no vamos a rapar ahorita los tres. Okay, vamos, vamos. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make the Bofo rap song. That's that's what Abraham's gonna be right now. Let's do it. Uh, Abraham, any final thoughts? Well, yes. 
absolutely. Uh, thank you guys for, I mean, I think this podcast is great. I love podcasts. I listen to podcasts all the time. And we appreciate you for stepping up and uh, creating this. I think it's very much needed and hopefully um, it's for success. I just wanted to give a shout out to, even though we're in El Paso, Portown, Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, Los Bravos de Ciudad Juarez, Los Indios, back in 2008. We support them with the loan. Shout out to El Capen. La porra Well, thank you very much, man. Thank you again for another uh, successful awesome, podcast and a, a good episode here. Uh, Cornet, you're good. Anything else? No, just thank you. I was getting ready to, to, to tune in the American um, uh, American Academy Award theme music because I think his uh, I think Abraham's uh, uh, shout outs are going a little bit too long. I'll yeah. just try to cut them off, but I couldn't queue up. I couldn't queue up the music. No, 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 just kidding. Like no, shout out to everybody. I know we're all in the community. Shout out to El Papu. And uh, hey, give your give your brother a shout out and your homies out there. También the mando saludos. Um, yeah, yeah. So we got some very very great interesting guests coming up in the next few episodes. So make sure you tune in to VS Podcast. We got some good stuff coming up. Yep, good stuff, good guests, man. Well, that, guys, thank you again for your time. Uh, once again, we're going to go ahead and uh, dismiss with the Viva Mexico. Viva, Viva Mexico! Viva Mexico! Cabrones! Viva el bofo! Viva el bofo!